It's the week that was with Joe Palmasolo. In the wake of the massacre in the synagogue in Pittsburgh, and with the thought that not a year goes by without a similar circumstance happening in schools, churches, mosques, and elsewhere, it became time for this show today to happen. Welcome to a very difficult and important edition and complex edition of the week that was. Difficult because it's never easy to discuss complex subjects such as hate, the blind hate that causes a person or persons to randomly take the God-given lives of others, others they have never met, lives of people who have the loved ones, a life, a work, a life of work and caring, and people who were just worshiping or celebrating. You know, life is a continuous journey in knowledge, wisdom, and change. To stop learning and evolving is literally to to die. It's to die because you're not truly living. Personally, I look back on my life um, and there are things I don't like about me when I, you know, 20, 15, even 10 years ago. How much less today I care about politics, labels, being out there in social media, how much more inclusive I am today than I was then, um, how people have become more important than anything else. My family, other people, strangers, people I want to meet, I'm going to meet. Personally, not on Facebook, not on Twitter, but face-to-face. It's hard to look back on one's life without some regrets, but I realize that that, too, is part of life, and we can only move forward. Life, for sure, cannot be about hate. As hate we see every day in society consumes us and blinds us to the glory of each other. Hate labels, hate categorizes. It then assigns negative attributes to those categories of people, dehumanizing them and allowing for the growth of hate, violence, and death. And we always find those like-minded zealots of hate to approve our hate, embrace us, and form a bond with us, come alongside us. This leads to gangs, to things like ISIS, the Crusades, the Nazi extermination camps, and even God was used a lot of times as an argument to justify slavery. Made-up labels allow our hate to be justified in our own minds, when in reality, that person is just like us. A person with hopes, a person with dreams, a person with a desire to be loved, 
and understood and included. This is an important show because we will seek answers, reasons, common ground that may allow us to shut out the noise and individually work to see each man and woman with a godly eye deeper into the soul. Today at 9 o'clock, and, and I'm going to say I have assembled a panel, but really, when I look back at the start of this week and, and the thought of this show, God had a handle in this, in, in bringing these men together, because I, I didn't know who was going to be here. I knew who I was reaching out to, but I think we have the perfect panel for this show. So at 9 o'clock, we have assembled a panel of wise men, teachers of varied faith, people of honor and esteem, but all still humans who themselves continue the journey God has laid out. At 9 o'clock, we're going to be joined in studio by Pastor Walter Moss, a man whose pulpit is really the world, the community, and each street. Pastor Moss is everywhere. He's inclusive. He is accepting, non-judgmental, and um, absolutely everyone I called knew Pastor Moss. Mr. Tim King, uh, founder of Family Care Counseling Center. He works in colleges, universities, schools, kids. He's consulted to numerous school systems and businesses. He's worked in marriage counseling, family counseling, conflict resolution, addictions, parenting, everything. And a wonderful man. Mr. L- uh, or Dr. Lawrence Bove. Dr. Bove uh, has been the provost at Walsh University. He has been a prof- professor emeritus of uh, philosophy. Uh, he is a uh, He was the humanities and chairperson for philosophy and theology department at Walsh. He speaks and writes on topics of concerns about ethics, philosophy of nonviolence, healthcare, social justice, peace studies, ethical issues surrounding revenge. He has done so much in this area. We have Imam Nader Taha. He is the imam of the Islamic Center of Akron in Kent and also a professor at Kent State University. The mission of the Islamic Center of Akron and Kent, two of the mission statements, understanding fellowship and tolerance, goodwill, promoting goodwill, also to promote the understanding and act as a channel of communication between Muslims and non-Muslims. Rabbi John Adlin is a rabbi of Temple of Israel here in Canton. He was a chair of race and culture relationships. He has been working. Every stop he has made has been involved with some kind of interfaith connection, interfaith Thanksgiving service in, in Lexington. Uh, he, he served on the he serves on the board of the United Way, coming together. Stark, the MLK found, Commission. He is in Kentucky. He was a co-founder of the Interfaith Alliance of the Bluegrass. Created a, a interfaith 
clergy campaign for the homeless. All of these men uh, have shown the willingness to find common ground, to be inclusive. And today, I am so grateful that each of them is taking time to discuss this very important issue. So we will have that panel discussion at 9 o'clock with them about hate, about what's going on in the world, about how we can begin to heal. Before that, at 8.30, we're going to be joined in studio by J.R. Rinaldi, the president of the Canton City School Board of Education, with kind of an exclusive announcement concerning some very good news for the city of Canton and Canton City Schools. I do love bringing you good news. All that. John Bazika with the sports. Sean is here. J. David Rest with the news. And much, much more as the week that was continues. Stay with us. It is contest time. Yes. What are we giving away today? We're giving away a... Oh, I love this gift. I want this. $50 gift card to Bunker Hill Golf Course in Medina. It's a golf simulator. Perfect for winter. Kenny Rota loves this place, by the way. It's good for food, beverages, golf simulators, or the pro shop. $50 gift card to Bunker Hill Golf Course in Medina. If you can match the questions to the answers I am going to give you right now. Later on in the show sometime, I'm going to give you the questions. You match them up, you will get that. It's a perfect Christmas gift for someone. Ooh, if you don't like golfing, think about what that would mean to someone else. All right, it's a religious theme today. The first answer is Islam. Islam. The second answer is Roman Catholicism. Roman Catholicism. And the third answer is Japan. How's that fit? So you have Islam, Roman Catholicism, and Japan. Later on in the show, I'll give you questions. If you can match them up, you will win that $50 gift card to Bunker Hill Golf Course in Medina, a golf simulator. That'll be great. Somebody will like that. All right. Um... As we get into things today, there's there's one thing I wanted to talk about sports-wise um, that I found interesting. Over Hugh Jackson trying to explain him leaving, um, him being fired from the Browns. Obviously, I thought he handled it with pretty much class, but he... I, I think there are, he's uncovered a couple things that I think were a problem. And I think one of them is the fact that there needs to be a different organizational structure with the Browns, where Jimmy Haslam is not so much involved in okaying everything, even down to the offense that's being put in, that the head coach has some autonomy in that uh, and can work directly with. John Dorsey, the, the GM, on those things without having to run everything through Jimmy Haslam. 
I think the other part of it is, he, you know, the structure also indicates that the head coach can go directly to Jimmy Haslam and that all three of them meet all the time, whereas I think John Dorsey should be the only one going to Jimmy Haslam and, and the head coach should be only going to John Dorsey. I, uh, you know, I look at this going on, and I, I've said this a couple times. I said it on Kenny's show. I would love to see the next person that comes in has to be a quarterback whisperer. You know, they said Hugh Jackson was, but I don't believe he was, and maybe his hands were tied. Maybe that was the problem. He said, I wish we would have run more of Oklahoma's scheme with Baker Mayfield. And I said that on Kenny's show. I said, you know what? They're trying to put Baker Mayfield in a in a bucket that he doesn't fit into. He doesn't fit into that bucket. He's not a pro-style quarterback. He, he, he's more of a Pat, Patrick Mahomes. And that's what they did with him at Kansas City. They run a wide-open, shotgun kind of offense. They don't line up in the eye. They don't ask him to drop back. They ask him to run a, a wide-open, freestyle offense. And the next guy that comes in's got to understand that. Now, what offensive coordinator do you know in the league, in the NFL, who every time the camera goes down to the quarterback in between series when he's on the bench, what offensive coordinator do you see that's constantly sitting next to the quarterback going over things and making adjustments on the field every series and and having a complete interaction with the quarterback on every series? Which one? Well, jo- Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, yeah. Josh McDaniels is, is always working closely with Tom Brady to get his feedback, to put their heads together, to come up with a solution. What a perfect fit. Cleveland would be with Josh McDaniels. Someone who could come in, has an offensive mind, understand what it's like to collaborate with a quarterback instead of dictate to a quarterback, and to design an offense that fits a quarterback, and to bring in his people that would do the same. Then hire a defensive coordinator like maybe Greg Williams, like maybe someone else who he could trust with the defense and turn it over to him. Joe, do you think, where'd Haslam come from? He was a partial owner with the Steelers, correct? Yes. Do you think he he wants the Browns to be the next Steelers? Because the Steelers are a, a foundation. I mean, they it's a great organization, top to bottom. He wants them to be there, but I don't think he's trying to take the steps that he needs to take to get them. They didn't happen overnight with the Steelers. They had their rough moments where they, you know, finally got Chuck Nolan there, and Chuck Nolan went through his bumps and bruises, and, and Bill Cowher came in. Yes, they've had three coaches over 20-some years or 30-some years, but I think Haslam wants that here, but I think he wants all the control to be able to do that, and that's where he's falling down. I would agree with you. 
And and I think, you know, if he wants to be like the Steelers, how often do you hear of any of the Roonies <clears throat> involved in day-to-day decisions? Exactly. You only hear their name when there's a hire to be made. Um, you don't hear their name when someone is let go. He doesn't do... The Roonies don't do press conferences no. to announce somebody's let go. They don't do that. They stay, They own the team, and they trust who they bring in. Right. And, and they have a... They're very tolerant towards low periods. They don't... It's not a knee-jerk reaction with those people. Thus, they have consistency. They get out of the way. They hire the person. The person either does the job or he doesn't do the job. And in every case with the Steelers, because of the fact that they have that freedom to act with the head coach and the GM, they have success. Right. Um, He hires good quality people. Mike Tomlin came from great, uh, you know, he came from that whole uh, John Gruden and uh, that kind of scheme where those guys were grinding it out down there in, in Tampa Bay. He comes from that whole stock um, and knows what he's doing. And that and they, Jimmy Haslam has got to let John Dorsey run the team and just be the owner. And, and, and that's what he hasn't gotten. And I think John Dorsey is the right guy yes. that could go in there and say, look, Jimmy, just but keep backing away a little bit more and more and let me take control of this team. And if Hugh Jackson had more control, the question has to be asked, would he have won? Right. Because, you, you know, you said he was a quarterback whisperer. That was always always known was. But, but they really passed. have a quarterback to whisper to right, exactly. when he they, was there? They passed on number one quarterbacks for a couple of years. They had a bunch of receivers that were street receivers that were free agents. <clears throat> they had, uh, they really didn't have the pieces in place, and he trusted people on top of him that were making those selections to make those proper selections, and they didn't. And when he finally got some people, then he wasn't, according to him, now whether it's true or not, he wasn't allowed to put in an offense that fit Baker Mayfield. Right. And so. Hopefully, the next guy that comes in will be able to do that. Well, again, Haslam wanted to be the Steelers. Who'd he go hire? Mm-hmm. Todd Haley. He wanted to run a Steelers offense. and Yeah, and so, it didn't work. No. It didn't work. The traditional offense, you know, and that's where Andy Reid's been around a long time. He could be a, you know, if he wanted to be, he could be a, a three yards in a cloud of dust guy. But look how he's adapted. Yep. I mean, you look at the two difference between two offices. Now I'm looking. I'm anxious to see tomorrow when the Browns play Kansas City, what that's going to look like. What the offense is going to look like now is is Freddie Kitchens going to collaborate with Baker Mayfield? Are they going to come up with something that's a little more exotic? 
than run two times up the middle and then throw a short pass? I don't know enough about Freddie. I know he's funny because I saw his post conf- or his press conference, and he was funny because he was making fun of Greg Williams, saying it, just to get the rumors out there, I've not been offered any head coaching gigs because Greg Williams was out there saying it. I don't see Greg Williams as a guy who will take Haslam meddling in with everything. I don't see John Dorsey that way either. So well, I, I think it, they've done it up to this point, though. It's maybe. it's a it's a it's a triumvirate that starts with Jimmy Haslam, yes. and he needs to remove himself from that triumvirate. When we come back, we're going to have with us in studio J.R. Rinaldi, the president of Canton City School Board or School Board of Education, with uh, a very important and exciting announcement. Some news that I think you'll like. Stay tuned. You know, the the busiest man in Canton is J.R. Rinaldi. Not me. I think it is. You you, you wake me up any earlier, I'll sound like Barry White this morning. (laughs) Give me a little Barry White in the background there, brother. I know. Yeah. You do. Hey, now. (laughs) I love Barry White. Yeah, me too. Old school. I know. I hear you. John Bazika didn't know half those guys. We we uh, I wanted to bring and you you've been gracious enough. You know we sat down, we talked, and and you were gracious enough to get up early on Saturday morning. And uh, you probably been up since four. I was already at the office. I so. figured that. I figured that. So to come in here and and talk about some good things that are going on in the city of Canton and with. Uh, Canton City Schools and and the effort that the school board is working to put together and and all the things that are going on and as president of the of the school board of Canton City Schools that uh, you you got it handled. I'm I'm going to leave this to you for this announcement for this what you're going to be talking about. Well, I just look at it this way, Joe. That uh, there's so many good things that can surround kids, but we've got to make good decisions. So we surround them with positive things and. When you look at one of the greatest and biggest kept secrets in town is the uh, the initiative that the Canton Police Department, uh, their relationship with the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation, which is the Badges for Baseball program. And uh, their goal is, uh, you know, they work with nearly half of the contigu- contiguous 48 states right now. They have chapters in, in at least half of the country right now, uh, working with inner city youth and whatnot. And uh, we have been doing that for seven years now. And when they first came to town, which actually uh, Mike DeWine's office oversees this too Mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, the attorney general is is impactful with some of the decisions and funding as they'll use some of the drug money to seed out and and fund some of these programs. So they've come to town. Right. So they've come to town. So they work with law enforcement. And uh, former Chief Lover was gracious to you know let our officers be a part of this and whatnot and then I, you know chief angelo has continued that uh but the greatest thing is seven years our kids have been working with uh, sergeant steve swank who oversees the badges program and it's facilitated out of the j babe stern center and we were talking about being old guys here and that's the boys club for you guys that are yes 56 60 years <laughs> old and plus yes or even 55 but <laughs> but uh the relationship that uh, of what they brought to the table is that uh, along with being the oldest chapter in Ohio, uh, they're the best chapter. They're the top chapter in Ohio, a badges chapter. We are in Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they tell me that we are like in the top three for the country. We're the model chapter of what 
they do the programming and oh, that's whatnot. Amazing. Uh, the commun- now, you had a lot to do with this too. Have no, you I got to hand this off to Tim Haverstock. Okay, uh, down at the at the boys' club at the Stern Center. He does Center. a great job. Uh, uh, Tim and Officer Swank have been the anchors of this. Mm-hmm. All I am is the conduit. All I am is the guy that can come and sit with and look at my you know good looking Italian friend here on a Saturday <laughs> morning. But you have to you have to you know give accolades to the guys that are moving the work and moving the data and that's sergeant swank and his officers of the canton police department and then tim haverstock and dave midday from the stern center uh you know they're out in our schools the uh, you know they'll hold classes and things at the early college academy they would take the you know they take the programming out to the schools and even tim has, has been into the sherrick road housing complex office you know doing these things and now this year we've kind of expanded this into the Peel Coleman Center to where uh, Tim has went down in Sergeant Swank and they were holding some things this summer down there so they're expanding oh, that program but th- the most important thing that they're doing is that they're touching kids mm-hmm. and it's just like what Lamar Sharp is doing they don't yes. run from the cops they run to them now yeah so th- and that's what if you watch Lamar and the kids he's like the Pied Piper in our schoolhouses so you know uh, it's just a wonderful thing to watch, and it's like a huge secret that no one knows about. But for seven years, and really when it went to get off the ground, the school district turned it down. So I'm not sure why. I wasn't around, I think, when this decision was made. But now when you look at it, it's a no-brainer. It's a positive impact. We have adult role models working with our kids and yeah. things like that. But but everything you look at around this whole program, and it poli- serves kids. And, and the important thing is, it's not just the adult role models. It's the police. Right. Who you're, you've been, you know, a lot of times you're told, well, you got to stay away from these people. And right. now you've got Officer Sharp. You've got right. Officer Swank. You've got people out there that are reaching out and saying, hey, look we want to reach out to you. We want to be part of your lives. We're not just the guy you run from. Like you said, you run to us. Well, there's so many national trends, you know, and we all know the stigmas that are out there, and I like to think that in Canton, Ohio, we are changing that trend when you look at Officer Swank and you look at Officer Sharp and really the police department as a whole. You even got Officer Marks, the dancing and singing, you know, compadre, you know, of (laughs) Lamar. But they're changing that culture. And when you see them out in the crowds and all of our events and things like that, kids, you know, the kids, they're like the magnet. And I think they exemplify that throughout our police department. But without support from the top with Chief Angelo and then former Chief Lover, you know, these things couldn't take place. Yes. Now, We've got to take a break real quick. When we come back, I want you to talk about where this is leading as far as the field, the whole thing. Can you do that? Well, we can say that seven years has built a relationship that we talked relationship. There's that word again. Yes. And when, when we come back, we will talk about what good is coming. Good. Great. We're going to continue with J.R. Rinaldi right after this. We are back. And we are continuing with J.R. Rinaldi. So now you've got this seven years of, of working with uh, the police department, the Cal Ripken Society, the uh, working with Babe Stearns and, and Tim Haverstock and, and getting all this together. What is going on from a material standpoint? Well, when the, uh, when the Hall of Fame project started, we lost our baseball field. And uh, I'm of the mind that... Uh, I get tired of hearing the negatives and what we can't do. Yeah. So the minute that, you know, when we were playing at Munson and all those things, and so when we lost on Scott Field, the first thing we started doing is, well, how can we, you know, what can we do to replace that? What can we do to make it better? 
and then uh, the 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 Ripken people. It's a youth development park. They've built these across the country, and it's like a huge gem for them. I mean, this is not just some clay field. This is you know synth- you know turf lights. Uh, if you get on CalRipkinSeniorFoundation.com and look at what they've done around the country for kids and communities, uh, I'm honored that they would reach out and work with us to want to come to Canton, Ohio and build this. Uh, it's a community build. So when people start you know, uh, raising their silos and say, well, this is a Stern Center field. No, it's not. It's a Canton, Ohio field because mm-hmm. they come in, they build it, they craft it and they hand us the community the keys and the key component to this is we'll use this mechanism of seven years of working with the police department and all those things to where now you know our high school is going to have a state-of-the-art field that i don't care no one in star county is going to have what we have and that's the gem of it you know the school district owns the land the partnership with the police department the attorney general's office the stern center the park department the mayor's office uh, this is a collaborative thing. This isn't just, you know, the Babe Stern Center is not going to run this. Canton, Ohio is going to own this field. And that's what they do. If you look at their mission statement around the country, this is an incredible thing for Canton. And if you look at it, it's down in the southwest end. It's down in the Altman core area, the comprehensive plan. So uh, I've been working with Liz, Liz Edmonds from Altman for the last two years of if you look at how the community is changing and getting better, homes are being repaired. This fits into everything that we're doing. And uh, the attorney general's office was just ecstatic that, you know, you look at it, even Kirk Schuring, Senator mm-hmm. Schuring. Uh, so many people are on board, but this is not just a one entity thing. This is our thing. Yeah. Uh, the school system is a major contributor of the land. Uh, we're providing the seed money. You know, this is going to be our home field. It is going to be scrimmed out. And if you don't know what scrim is, that's all I the don't. fancy stuff. On. See, see, you, you, know, you know who Bob Dylan was. But, but when you pull up and see that, you're going to know. And honestly, it's like driving up to Glen Oak Stadium. When you drive off of Schneider, mm-hmm. there's no question whose stadium that is. Right. So that's the exciting thing is our kids are going to have something, and they deserve the best. When's this going to happen, you think? Uh, all the initial paperwork is out. And uh, the ball's rolling. So uh, uh, the That's Ripken awesome. folks are going to come to town. We're going to meet with the foundations and things like that to where uh, this could be, you know, a one and a half to two million dollar project. And a lot of it is built through their work and their networking. They have professional uh, entities throughout the country that come in and help us with some grants. In all my years in Major League Baseball, I know that there's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant that we're going after that we're working on but if you're not worthy they don't come to town so i'm proud of our community i'm proud of our police department i'm proud of tim haverstock dave mid everybody involved with this to even get the door open you have to recognize that and you know the silos that people like to create shame on you yeah you know, this is for kids you. we we're going to have something that is just incredible and it's our school systems it's our community it's our community centers that's so. awesome i i you know and and jr you know you're good at passing it passing it down but i know that um a lot of this takes a, a kind of a driving force and a guy who's committed to making it happen and and i know you well, so I, I know you're I, behind I, this i've watched <laughs> all my baseball career i watched all these other communities that i you know that i got assigned to with the brewers i mean i watched other people do these things and and i know that we deserve the best 
and 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 I won't take that second seat, and 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 I'm going to push. And trust me, my Christmas card list isn't long, <laughs> but I also know that you know when I die and, and when I'm gone, they'll say, well, at least he he gave it what he can, and I left it better than when I found it. Yeah. But without great people working with, can't do it. You got another announcement to make about parking for the state championship games. This is another big deal. Well, in in last year, you know, we brought it back from Columbus and we rocked it out. You know, right. all those people loved it. Uh, I worked with the teams with Kevin Shiplett and all that. But it's awesome to hear now the parking thing was a major issue last year to where now the student lot, which is the very big lot west of the high school, uh, that's going to be open for public parking. There's at least 400 spots, maybe more. I don't want to be misquoted, but those will be up for $5 uh, $5 a car, which is cheaper than some places are yeah. charging. So that's great to hear. And then the new stadium parking lot, where Stadium North Ballfields uh, used to be, that's free. So I think there's about 200 spots or so, but first come, first serve. So uh, that's some of the stuff of the give back of what we've done with the museum, uh, with building that down there and all that. So that's 600 parking spots that we didn't have a year ago, plus all the guys that will be parking cars in their yard for $20. And Kim Perez, if you're listening, send them an income tax form. (laughs) But that's just great news. It is great news. We we knocked it out of the park last year, and I know that when those teams, they were just ecstatic about coming back to Canton. And, you know, Kevin Shiplett has – you know duly appointed you know jim harris and i to run that event level it's just positive things for canton and look you just can't deny it you know some people just you know they sit on a lemon all day and all they are sour yeah but you look around our city i took a guy around last friday doing some documentary work and he said the pop-up art and all these things downtown communities would kill for that yeah so that's a testament to everybody working together bingo and it's pretty cool uh you know what i've said that all the time Stark County is an amazing place, and when you put the people, when you involve the people, the people of Stark County are like no other in in the country. I don't think I've lived in ten different states. I've never seen people. They haven't caught up with you yet. No, <laughs> I keep moving too fast. <laughs> Jr., thank you so much hey, for everything for you do, me and uh, go Canton. Thanks for the news, man. Yeah, awesome. you take care. Yep. When we come back, we will begin our panel discussion with. Five incredible people uh, here in Stark County and and, uh, in our Northeast Ohio area. So stay tuned.